And it's funny because I know a lot of people were questioning, you know, why is college game day coming and then just bolting for, for, for North Carolina and Duke? And I think if I have to ask, answer that question for you, I don't think you understand basketball. I think you should understand why they were leaving for, for North Carolina and Duke. But at the same time, it was still special to have game day here this past weekend. So this past weekend on Saturday, I wake up super early. We get, we, you know, we head over to the Cronin Center, the Frick Center, whatever, and we park, we get set up, and we get out, and we turn around, and we see a line a mile long, a line a mile long of students who had been lined up since probably before the sun had even begun to come out. I mean, it was unbelievable, the, the passion, the excitement uh, level of the fan base. And we've seen that fan base. I mean, that, that fan base, again, would, would sit through a blizzard if it meant being a part of something special, UD basketball related. And that's what we saw. And just seeing the energy, seeing the excitement, and, and you could feel the buzz. I mean, you'd get goosebumps just kind of walking through the line and seeing how excited everyone was before you would even step foot in the Frederick Center. Now, I've seen a few people say, you know what, you know, game day, okay, what, it, it's a poor man's, uh, I heard Sully refer to, to this before, it's, it's a poor man's uh, football game day. Be that as it may, you know, maybe Duke, maybe Duke doesn't get as excited about game day, or North Carolina, or Kentucky, or Kansas, the programs that are traditionally the type of schools that game day usually goes to attend, but the Dayton Flyers getting a chance to, to host this was something completely different. And we've talked about the importance of that. We talked about how unique it was the first time ever college game day coming to Dayton. We got to witness it this past Saturday. We talked about the excitement of the fans lining up for miles outside the door, and then you go inside. And you go inside, and I can't tell you, I was laughing. I'm like, look, man, I, I you know, I love any great college basketball atmosphere. I love college bas- I love basketball atmospheres regardless of the level. Um, this past weekend, uh, looking at the, watching the highlights for a lot of the local high school boys basketball tournament action, and not just boys, girls, or what have you, I love watching tournament atmosphere uh, basketball for, for boys and girls basketball. You look at the, gym, the local gyms around here and seeing how packed and full they are, shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder, uh, you know, of all these fans from the communities that are coming in to watch their team potentially punch their ticket to the state tournament, girls regionals going on, boys regionals tipping off this week. Nothing beats you know, high school basketball atmospheres, uh, you know, locally around here or anywhere for that matter. Nothing beats a great college basketball atmosphere when the band is playing, when the f- student sections are drunk and roaring, right? You know, can't say drunk, but drunk, right? I mean, that's you, the drunker the student section, the better they usually are. Let's just be honest with you, okay? The, but, you know, and I love the, stu- the passionate student sections. I love when the band is roaring. I love when the fans are amped up and ready to go and they, you know, they're following along even during warm-ups and pregame. Game day was uh, another great event. Another opportunity where a fan base was, I mean, it was funny just listening to the fans cheer. The fans were cheering as if it was a pregame, as if you were waiting for the game to tip off. UD fans showed up and showed out, and it was fantastic. Uh, Jay Billis, Seth Greenberg, I mean, Lafonso Ellis, Reese Davis. I mean, Reese Davis, I watched game day every weekend, and it was interesting because, you know, Reese Davis will always start the show. And what I love about Reese is no matter how crazy the atmosphere is behind him, he is very, not monotone, because I don't think he's boring, but he is very just, you know, he's able to keep it together. He's very calm. He's in control. I was watching him before they go on, and he just was smiling ear to ear. He was fist pumping. I mean, he was about as amped and, and excited as I've ever seen him and i got a chance to run into him afterwards because we had efforted to get him on the show last week just that didn't end up working out time wise um but we got a chance to talk with him for a little bit and he said of all the game days that he has been a part of even in football he said there was just something different and something special about what he witnessed and experienced this past saturday 
He just said there's just something different. He goes, a lot of times, you know, the student sections, well, the student sections decide what game day is an impressive one and which one isn't. You can, student sections will decide if it's going to be an amped up, hyped up, you know, goosebumps type of, uh, you know, game day event. And that was the case this time, too. But what he said was special is he goes, it, it went way beyond just the student sections. You know, they were pinpointing where the students were, and they were watching them have fun. But then he said, you looked up at the wall of just the basic fans that were sitting up in the upper levels of the Frederick Center. And that's when he said he was just looking around and was just amazed. He goes, the, the older fans, the whether they're alumni or just, you know, diehard fans here locally, they were just as passionate and fired up and excited and ready to go as the student section, he said. And that is what made him get goosebumps multiple times throughout the event. But enough about the crowd. There was a lot of great things I saw on Saturday that really just kind of stood out to me. And I was just like, man, how special is this? I'm going to tell you right now the coolest part about Saturday was standing there watching the fans, watching the band just get into it, watching everyone just lose their minds and have fun, watching Jay Billis come out wearing the light-up jacket, uh, you know, doing a live sports center special you know, from the student section, wearing the jacket, doing that promo. It was unbelievable. That was great. But out of all the great things we got to see from the college game day crew, what was even more special for me is as I turn around, as the students and fans are going crazy, I see Don Donaher uh, you know, come around the corner, and, and he's standing there and just watching him take it in. That was cool. But then, to top it off, Anthony Grant, head coach for the Dayton Flyers, he comes around the corner, and he's standing right next to Don Donaher. And watching those two stand side by side, just basically, and for a stretch, I mean, they were talking, obviously, but there was a good stretch where I was just watching both of them, not saying a word, standing side by side, both with just these half smiles on their faces. They just both were, I mean, I was watching, they were just literally just taking it all in. Don Donaher just looking to his left, looking to his right, looking up, looking all around him. Coach Anthony Grant doing the same exact thing. How cool is that? Played for Coach Don Donaher. Don Donaher coached to the highest of levels. He, he brought UD basketball to the highest of levels. The last time they were at this level, he was responsible for it. And Anthony Grant played for him. And here's Anthony Grant, one of his former players in charge of the program, has got them back to this point. Two, you know, His first two uh, recruits, and Jalen Crutcher and Obi Toppin, they're, I mean, potentially two NBA players right there. Not potentially. We know where Obi's going. Jalen Crutcher has an NBA future potentially as well. Those are his first two recruits, and they are the center of what this team has accomplished this year. And watching Anthony Grant and watching Don Donaher stand side by side as you hear the Dayton band playing, as you hear the student sections roaring, as you see Jay Billis walk around and you're seeing Seth Greenberg, ESPN signs all up over the place, cameras everywhere, and I'm thinking to myself, what in the hell is going on? This is so beyond cool. For anyone that tried to downplay the importance uh, and how cool it was to have game day come, I don't think you really understand exactly what that moment meant for this program. 457-9464. Takeaways from college game day this past Saturday. Maybe I'm a little too amped up for it, but it was one of the coolest experiences ever, mainly because you got to see the history of the program stand side by I'm watching Anthony Grant and Coach Don Donahue side by side. That was so special to me, especially watching Everything go on in front of them. Both just not saying a word. Both just taking it all in. It was awesome. That was a treat for me. Uh, if there's one takeaway I have from that, it was that moment right there that I'll never forget. It wasn't Jay Billis in the student section, although it was memorable. It wasn't Jay Billis doing the 94 feet with Obi Toppin, which that was cool. Reese Davis holding the half-court shootout with, with the student to potentially win some money. All that was special. All that was great. Uh, I got to see Seth Greenberg and LaFonso Ellis come over and greet Anthony Grant and greet Don Donahue. That was cool, too. But that moment, with the cl- place as loud as I've ever heard it, 
with Don Donahue and Coach Anthony Grant side by side. Nothing beats it. Four five seven nine four six four. Did you go to college game day over the weekend? What were some of your favorite memories? What what still stands out to you from that? I mean, how neat was that? You could always imagine what it's going to be like. You could always talk about you know why you can't wait to get there and what you want to see. But what did you take away from it? And for those who couldn't make it, what was it like watching it on TV? I haven't had a chance to go and, and watch, uh, you know, what game day looked like on TV from game day. Uh, but how special was that sitting at home, especially for Flyers fans who don't live in the area, who didn't have a chance to make it, who are sitting at, whether it's in California, New York, wherever, sitting down saying, holy crap, college game day. It's, it's on Dayton's campus. What in the world's going on? How cool was that? Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Tony in Beaver Creek. Tony, welcome in. How are you, man? Hey, I'm here for the people I had to work Saturday and didn't get to really watch it. <laughs> but like you we've said all year long, Acorn State and Grambling State is not going to sell out any other place but UD. Best fans in college basketball. We've seen it. The, the first four, why it's here? Because of the fans. They, that's the reason why we got it is because of the fans. But the reason I called today was for us people I had to work on Saturday trying to find something to listen to while you're working, and all I could find are two talking hairdos on ESPN Radio talking about where Brady goes or how bad the NBA season. Are you kidding me? The best games of the day, I mean, it started off at noon, all the way through Dayton, all the way all through the night, best college games on. I mean, just it was like tournament time, and I got and ESPN Radio is playing two idiots talking all day. Why, why, can't, you, why can't they play games on? ESPN Radio had a game on. No, we don't get that here. Why? I mean, I know there's contractual things, but why would they play a game for the people on the radio? You must be the guy on Facebook that just called bitching about that over the weekend. Oh, I'm assuming I went that's on. you. Yeah, I'm assuming that that was, that was you. Uh, yeah, yep. listen, I look, I'm. I might be uh, the program director of the station, but I'm not the program director of National ESPN Radio, so I'm at the mercy of that. But, no, I, I get your frustration, especially. Uh, but, with you know, Ohio State wasn't playing that day. We carried them. UD doesn't play tonight, but we don't carry UD basketball. Wright State's not playing, so there's nothing going on there. I get your frustration, dude. I really do. There's just nothing to carry that day. I, there was. I mean, I'm, I'm, I my battery goes dead. I'm listening to games. The Florida game was great. Tennessee-Auburn was a great – I mean, just game after game. Just I mean, just for us, us basketball fans, you had to go back and forth. I got a guy who used to do uh, broadcasting in uh, Athens, Ohio. Was, like, he te- – upset alert. He texted me, we're going back and forth all day. I'm like, oh, this is great. Of course, you know, my battery's dying. Okay, listen, I had to – once my phone died, I had to go to freaking listen to preseason baseball. I mean, you know how exciting that is. So, I, mean, Look, I, it, it, I mean, there's a there's a diehard pocket of Reds fans, too, who enjoy listening to spring training Reds baseball. So <laughs> you have that there, too. So if you're done telling me how crappy my radio station is, do you have anything else to No. <laughs> I, love, I love you guys. I you know, guys man. Know, I get where you're you coming from. You guys do a w- wonderful job. I really appreciate it. I knew you guys would all be all amped up for Saturday because we, we talked about it. I saw Grambling State and I it was Acorn State or somebody come to UD, and no, nobody knew who these people were. The fans, that, that stadium was sold out. UD Arena was rocking for two teams that nobody knew nothing about, and they interviewed the coaches. These guys are like, we've never played in front of this many people. That's what the UD fans are. They're the best fans there are. They love their college basketball. Cameron Indoor wouldn't get enough the same amount of people, like you just said. They don't care. But well, hold on. Fans, I, I don't think it's – I think – I mean, actually, you know what? I see what you're saying there. I just think with Duke, it's not – and I – I'd love to talk with like BB Landers and some other guys that like have played college football recently, like for, for football when game day comes. Do the players even care? You know, for Ohio State fans, 
you're jacked for Ohio State football every week, whether they're playing Miami of Ohio and beating them by 70 or whether you have, you know, Notre Dame or Texas or whoever else coming in, Oregon next year. Doesn't matter. I'm talking about like for a program like UD, who yes has the most passionate college basketball fan base out there, but they don't get those rewards. They don't get the game days to come. So for a fan base that will cheer over absolutely anything to begin with, you actually give them what the big boys get. It just enhanced the feeling over the weekend how oh. special that was. So I see what I you're saying. It. Like Duke appreciates yeah. it. Duke's has a great fan base, but I think it's just a fan base like Ohio State fan base. It's like oh cool game days here, but so what? We're going to be cheering them on whether they're playing Akron or whether they're playing Miami of Ohio. Bowling Green, it doesn't matter. Uh, but no, I definitely see what you're saying there. I think if you still had the same pregame without game day there, the fans would still just be just yes. amped up and excited to see. I mean, and then on top of that, one of the best games of the year, that, that's UD. That's, that's, that's what we got. And that's, so we got to be so lucky to have that and make sure we go out and support them every chance we get. All right. Well, good stuff, man. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. No, no problem. Have a good one. You too. 457-9464. But no, he's right. I mean, that. I mean, the fan base. Look, regardless of whether game day is here or not, that doesn't like just because game day comes here, that doesn't solidify you as a fan base. I mean, I don't think you needed that to be solidified as one of the best fan bases in college basketball. But I promise you, game day was not here because UD and George Washington was supposed to be this big barn burner. All right, like I know they made it a barn burner in the first half and the first couple minutes of the second half. But trust me, the matchup was irrelevant, which is why they got on a jet and they, I mean, got the hell out of Dayton as soon as they could. The second game day was over. That was a reward for the fan base. That was a reward for the job Anthony Grant has done in putting this roster, not just Anthony Grant, but his coaching staff. And, you know, really, it starts at the top. Neil Sullivan, the decision, you know, this, all the decisions that were made post Archie Miller, um, I mean, this, from the time that Archie Miller announced that he was leaving uh, until now, everything that Neil Sullivan is doing, everything he touches seems to be turning to gold. And, I don't think a lot of people doubted Anthony Grant. I think we knew he was going to do a good job. Some doubted, some were excited, but at the same time, I don't think anybody, no matter how optimistic you were about the hiring of Anthony Grant, no one anticipated this. This is just something else. You know, I'm sitting around looking at fans during that game on Friday night or Saturday nights, and I'm like, this, you know, when fans gather again next year, it's going to be the same 13,000 fans gathering for the games next year. But it may not be watching the number three team in the country. I just don't think people truly understand and grasp just how rare this is on what we're watching. UD special every year, but I just don't get the vibe. I don't get the feel that the UD fans truly grasp exactly what's going on. I think that's the case for a lot of teams who haven't experienced this before that they go through. I think it's going to kick in months later when you or when we start prepping mentally for next season. We're going to be looking back and saying, man, we're going to be good next year, but man, I can't believe how good we were last year. All right, so I mentioned the name. Uh, Archie Miller, and uh, it's funny because uh, Dan Dockich, I spoke with him earlier today. Dan Dockich is calling the Horizon League title game tomorrow night. Hopefully Wright State's in that. It'll be fun to hear him on the call tomorrow night for hopefully Wright State in the title game. Uh, but we got to talking just about you know his beef with Archie and stuff, and I said, well, I get why he has beef with Archie, but what I don't understand, and this is what we're going to talk about on the other side of the break, what we, what I don't understand, and I want Flyer fans to help me out with this, four five seven nine four six four During game day, Anytime Indiana's name was mentioned, the entire Frederick Center would boo. And I want to know why. I want to know why. Why do you hate Archie Miller? What did Archie Miller do that was wrong? If anything, you should be thanking him that he left. I know Schlemmer said that the other day. You should be thanking him that he left because because of him leaving uh, and Anthony Grant coming in, 
we're getting this opportunity right here. But I am curious because I, I, I think I understand the, the base of it. I understand the, the, the base context of, oh, well, he didn't want to be here and he left and that's why we're going to boo him. But coaches leave all the time and coaches who win at the level that Archie did when he was here usually don't have a bad relationship with their old fan base. And I, I'm just curious why. You know, VCU fans don't hate Shaka Smart. Why do Dayton fans boo the hell out of Archie Miller? I want to hear from you. I don't want to hear why. There's no wrong answer to this. I'm just curious because I don't get it. Archie Miller didn't do anything to Dayton that is different than any other young up-and-coming coach does to, I'm not say programs like UD, but to A-10-type teams. Like, I know he could have won here. Anthony Grant's proving that. I said in the past, I don't think Archie can, you know, get a number one seat or a two seat here. I said that. I was wrong. I'm admitting I'm wrong. I know I don't admit I'm wrong often, but I was dead wrong when I said that you could not. What Anthony Grant's doing this year, I said two years ago when Schlemmer and I started the show together, we had a huge shouting match on the air. I'll never forget that day. I was adamant that the stuff that Anthony Grant's doing here, that it cannot be done. I did not think it could be done, not because I didn't think UD was a special enough place to do it. I just thought that the the conference would always hold it back. Look, they've only lost two games this year, 29-2, and two, and all the critics out there that say, oh, well, UD, they haven't played anybody. I thought that that mindset would always hold UD back, even on really dominant years like this year, but I was clearly proven wrong. So with that being said, I'm curious, 457-946, Archie Miller leaves, he takes you to a sweet, uh, to Elite Eight, I mean, he gets he puts your program back on the map to where you are talked about nationally. I'm just curious. Four five seven nine four six four. Archie leaving. Is that why you don't like him? Four five seven nine four six four. We'll be back in a moment. Got an emotional toll on the fan base. I mean, especially the student section. Let's be honest. Came pulling up pretty early in the morning, and a lot of them had started pretty early. And yeah, usually you see student sections kind of starting early in the morning if they have a noon kickoff during college football season. I don't know how many, I mean, I guess some college, I don't know. You went to Syracuse, Brandon. I mean, did you start like at like 7 in the morning for uh, for a game at night? I'm just a little curious. It would start pretty early. I like, would say early. noon at the latest. At it the start, latest? It starts early. So you were a hooligan, huh? <laughs> hey, it's a big campus lifestyle, man. I was going to say, sure. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, but either way, all I mean, the emotional toll that game day was going to take. I mean, those, the fans were just... I mean, insane. And then you got to go home and rest up and then come back right. and then try to get back up to that level. I figured that was going to be difficult, but I knew that would be difficult for the fans. But I also thought it would be difficult for the players, too. I mean, the players are jacked up. They're, you know, they're not robots. You, yeah. know, you don't just you know, turn the robots on and activate them to just walk out on the floor, wave at the fans, and go back and then turn them off to the game. Tips on. They're fans, too. College, fo- or college football and basketball players and college athletes, they're fans, too. That's why they why, any, anything that – they're doing they're doing because they're a fan of the spread so it got them involved in wanting to play that sport to begin with so those kids are just as hyped that college game day is coming they're just as energetic and excited and happy as that so when all that is done you know it comes to an end they have to kind of get re-hyped up for the game that night so i figured they'd start out slow but no george washington i uh, saw a bunch of heard a bunch of ohio state fans and some others that were saying oh yeah ohio state would never you know do that with with, with george washington and blah 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 look last that was george washington didn't do anything special to slow down ud it was just an emotional day you had senior night a10 tournament about to tip off ncaa tournament around the corner all the talk and hype about obs player of the year grant coach of the year trust me there were so many reasons for that team to be distracted enough to come out slow they did and then, of course, Obi Toppin just goes off. I mean, just goes off. Those three dunks that he had in that couple-minute span was just enough to totally turn that place upside down. Uh, I saw a tweet the other day. I can't, oh, Grant Kelly, that's who tweeted it out. I love that he said this. I've never heard this before. Maybe other people have used it, but I'm going to make sure I shout him out so he doesn't think I'm stealing his stuff. But he called it his Naismith moment. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah. you know, in college basketball, you never hear – 
that term. That term. Like in college oil. football, Grant yeah. Kelly just again shouting you out, man. Just I would, I'm <laughs> stealing your tweet, but I don't care. I thought it was it was it really got me thinking. In college football, at the time when they were talking about Dwayne Haskins, like, well, what was Dwayne Haskins? You know, that year that. We we're talking about him potentially winning a Heisman, and of course you had Tua and all those guys in the conversation. They're like, well, "What has what was Dwayne Haskins' Heisman moment this past year? What was Justin Fields' Heisman moment? Did he have a Heisman moment?" That's what we kept asking, but we never asked that in college basketball. But if there was such thing as a Naismith moment, that would have been Obi Toppin in the second half um, against George Washington when he went on those three. I mean, the the little 360 that he did that got the plays. Actually, my favorite dunk the entire season. I know everyone's going to say their favorite dunk is the between the legs and the three. 60 and just the one where he elevates from a mile away. My favorite dunk of the season was the Blake Griffin dunk that he did the other night. Oh yeah, over the guy. Right yeah, over because oh, yeah. I, I'm about to. I was about to say, oh, it's easy to do a dunk in transit. It's not each, from five five and <laughs> me really. I mean, <laughs> I can't even jump out of my seat. In yeah. Obi's body. It, it's yeah, <laughs> but like a lot of talented dunkers can do those types of dunks, mm-hmm. and you know, in the open floor, it's difficult to do in a game. I, it sounds like I'm taking away his accomplishments. I'm not. What I'm saying is what I really loved was that we haven't seen Obi just take over a game this year because he really hasn't been put in a position to do it. Everyone else has just been so consistent and dominant, too, that Obi's been the center of the runs. But there was he had no help, no help. for that whole first half. He had no help for the first five, ten minutes of the second half. And then those – I mean, that – Blake Griffin dunk where I'd no one expect I'm sitting up with the media up in mm-hmm. the upper corner and media is just kind of dull and boring. You just kind of sit there and watch. And you're not allowed to cheer. But when he backed that dude down and he and he elevated and he slammed that in his face, well, you had media guys jumping up and like, oh my god, like, and I didn't even care. I wasn't judging one person because that I, I was yeah. one of them. That was badass. I thought that game was my one of my favorite games from Obi because. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the opponent. It was about his team. His yeah. team was not playing well, and I thought that was that his Naismith moment. He single-handedly, willingly just willed his team to a win or to at least to a lead that ultimately just you know got everyone else going. But, man, that was impressive. Yeah, they really fed off of his momentum in that no game. No kidding. Because you see other instances where UD's up or they get on a run, and Obi just adds those dunks to put that on top, you know, to be like yeah, an explanation point. Yeah. But in this game, the team wasn't, like you saying, the offense wasn't running as smooth, and those really just changed the whole momentum of the game, got the crowd back going because they're already excited, the game day in the environment. But once he did that, the offense started to click, and then you saw Jalen Crutcher able to hit shots from the perimeter and stuff like that. So when he did that, they really got the whole team going. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, like I said, no, you brought up a good point, because like I, there's other games where the team would get going on a run, but it's because yeah. Crutcher would hit some big threes, and, mm-hmm. and some other guys would step up and make big plays, and then Obi would cap it off yep. with an explanation point to kind of really just seal the deal. A lot of games are done before the half half the time with UD because of those runs. UD is, is known for about that six, seven-minute mark, the final six, seven minutes of, of the first, first half. half yep. I mean, a lot of times, if you watch the first 13 minutes of a UD game... They're close games. They're, they're close true, games. Yeah. They're ugly games. They're uh-huh. not... I mean, it's not every game where UD just comes out and punches right. you in the mouth. It's a feeling out process. But there's something about that seven, six-minute mark where all of a sudden they just click. And it's usually Obi with the explanation point, a huge dunk or a huge three or a huge play to kind of just take that momentum into half. And even sometimes if they're only up by four or even if they're down at half, which wasn't often, you still just felt like, yeah, that other team, they just don't have enough firepower yeah. to keep up with them. But that night, like I said, I was beyond impressed with Obi because he didn't have help that night. He did not have help that night. Crutcher was not playing well. Obi was the only one in double digits at halftime. And when Obi backed that kid down and just elevated and Blake Griffin his ass, I mean, I was like, that, that, that's it. There we go. And then he gets that 360 dunk, and then he gets the between-the-legs one. I'm like, it's over. We're done. We're moving on. 18-0. Here we go. <laughs> it was crazy. The way he just capped it off, it was like... 
it kind of goes along with how the season's going. Nobody really expected this, and then throughout the season, they just they moving up the rankings, continue to move up, and then like they put the ball on the ribbon with that. And I think those dunks, and we're talking about the like the National Player of the Year, this is the that that really helped him and maybe solidify him as the National Player of the Year.